Guten Abend. Come on, we learn some German here. Guten Abend. Ah, it's good to see you. Maybe seated. It's good to be here in Wellington, the capital of New Zealand. Ah. Some people are excited about Wellington, huh? You'd rather be somewhere else? No. No, it's really good to be here. I hear you had European weeks. You had Pastor Mark here last week, is that right? And Pastor Peter Prothero recently. You know, the only difference to them is I can't speak really English. So, um, 20 years ago, I, I was an assistant pastor in one of the apostolic churches in, in London. And one Sunday, I spoke about the joke of the Lord. And after the service, someone came to me and said, it's not the joke, it's actually the yoke of the Lord. So, <laughs> and um, in, in, in German, we have the same word if, if for drowning and getting drunk. So in my preaching, the, the soldiers of Egypt, they didn't drown in the Red Sea, they all got drunk in the Red Sea. You see? So if there is anything wrong in my preaching tonight, it's because of language, okay? <laughs> No, it's really good to be here. I think I met Pastor Jordan and Chrissy, must be 10 years ago you came to Zelle with the whole team, 2005, something like this. So 10 years ago, there was already teams coming into Germany. And I just want to tell you, we are so thankful um, for your support, for your prayers. Um, we believe it's time for Europe. God, God has put, um, put Europe on his map. And we see it all around the world, people from Australia, from America, from everywhere coming into Europe because um, God has a burden for it. Um, Reformation with Martin Luther brought Christianity all, to, all around the world, really, and changed our country. But today, sadly, is to say only 1.9% are born-again Christian in Germany. If you go to the east side where we are in Berlin, it's 08 0.9%. The state around Berlin is the most atheist state on planet Earth. You will f find no other place where so many people say, I don't believe there is a God. And Berlin is in the middle of it because of the wall and because of former communism. And we really pray that, that God will use equipers to plant a lot of churches. Um, so we have now a church in the last five years. Our church has grown to over 200 people. And it's amazing. It's, it's fantastic. Um, but it, it's really... It's the plan or the dream is this will be a hub. This will be an apostolic house for many other churches to be, to be planted in the east part of Germany. So I believe there are some people here. God will put Germany on your heart. Come on, why go to Great Britain for an overseas experience for one year where, we, where you can't drive fast on the autobahn? Where you have rubbish cars, no bratwurst, come on, there is a call for Germany, come on, there needs to see somebody, and, and I believe. I want to go with you to a scripture tonight, it's, I love the scripture, it's, it's the story of Lazarus, in German we say Lazarus, Lazarus. <laughs> Martha and, and Mary, Lazarus, their family, and they've been great friends with Jesus, and um, they just went to a shout conference, they came back fully pumped, you know, full of the Holy Spirit, they experienced God, amazing things happened, and then suddenly Lazarus got sick. 
And Martha and Mary said, there's only one way. We need Jesus. So they sent to Jesus, come on, Jesus, we need you. Lazarus is sick. Lazarus died, and, and, and Jesus came late. He came too late. Anyone been there? If I see our story the last five years, I just told you we more than 200 people. We nearly 240 people now in our church. It's amazing. But the last five years, we're not always amazing. We went really bankrupt. Um, my wife had a depression for, for a time. We had problems financially. We had problems in school with our kids. Um, my health, last year I got a diagnosis that I have a bone disease. It's where your bone get inflammation and begin to grow together. My brothers have it. You begin to walk like this. And, and you think, why is this all happening? Why? Have you been there? Come on, is this not many times? And, and you come back from shout and open your letterbox, meet your family, go to, back to job, back to church. And you think, why? Come on, and let's read from, from John eleven thirty two. It says, Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down on his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was the cave and the stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who had died, said to him, Lord, by this time there's a stench, for he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up the eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I say this, that they may believe that you have sent me. Now, when he said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died, came out bound, hand on foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with clothes. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. I love this story. I think it's one of the most impacting stories in the Bible. But I can, I can see myself many times in the story. I can find myself because like Martha and Mary, many times in the last five years of our church planting, I have said to God, God, where are you? I'm doing, the, I'm doing this all for you in, in a way. And, and why is this happening to us? Why is there financial need? Why is this sickness coming? Why is the problem, um, why is depression coming? Why do we have the problems here and there? Why? Jesus said, when Jesus heard first in John eleven four, when Jesus heard first about Lazarus was sick, Jesus heard that he said, the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Isn't that amazing? So here's the thing. Whatever you go through, it's for the glory of God. 
whatever you go through is for the glory of God. We, we, we sometimes think, no, that can't be true. It, it, it can't be true. It, is, is it really like that? Is it really like that? Is God really, is it really for the glory of God? Yes, the purpose, the call of God, whatever you go through is for, for, for his thoughts is for the glory of God. He wants to be glorified through every situation in our life. And I think that's fantastic. So recently we, we really had another financial burden. We, we have this um, auditorium we're renting or, or, or the facility. We have it 24-7. It's amazing. And our rent was in the beginning only 5,000 euro um, a month, but it went up. And now it's about 8,000 euro a month. What is that? About 13, 14,000 New Zealand dollars. And, and we came a little bit behind. Actually, we came a lot behind. <laughs> And, 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 and we were three, three months behind it, and, and it was like all we owed our landlord was 35,000 euros, which is 60,000 New Zealand dollars. And we felt like, oh, not again. Not this again. Oh, we just went through a lot of pain and in our private finance and, and church and everything. But God challenged me. Come on, Jürgen. This is for the glory of God. May God be glorified. And as eldership, we begin to prophesy. We begin to say, come on, God, you need to break through. We need you. And God challenged me to, to, to go to this meeting with our landlord and read some scriptures to them from a daily devotional, which um, is known in Germany, in state churches and everything. And in the, in the devotional, it says, like, Jerusalem, this is a time of grace. It's a time of salvation. The, the debt is paid and everything. I was like, I can't read this. But I, uh, but I read it, and the outcome of the meeting is they have given us 35,000 euro. Isn't that amazing? I think it's amazing. Here's the thing. We like those stories. Everyone likes the stories. We like the stories when people get healed, Right? We like the preacher who goes up and shout and he tells story and miracles what God has done. But no one wants to go through the story. <laughs> Isn't that true? No, no, no one wants to, yeah, I like the story, but we don't like the situation when things come against you. But I want to tell you, whatever you go through, whatever circumstances you write in, come on. God's thinking, God's thoughts for your life, it's for the glory of God because God wants to break through. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and hope. You don't have to ask God what you are thinking. God thinking is good. God, God can't think in any other way. His Thinking about your life is good. He, in, in Psalm 139, it says that he has written every day of our life in his book. And this is one of his books. You know, when you open the book of your life and go to the end of your book, it's like a Hollywood movie. It's a good ending. You know, in, in Germany, they make some, 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 some terrible films, sometimes movies. In the end, it looked like, oh, this is a, this is a stupid ending. <laughs> And, but if you watch a Hollywood movie, it's always, you know, the bad guy dies, the good man lives, and, and it's always good. And, and, and the book God has written for your life, it's a good ending. 
but it's not always an easy way. It's actually an interesting book. It's an exciting book. It's not one of these books and God always provided no problems, no sickness, no, 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 everything. No, it's a book, problems, salvation, another problem, another salvation, another help here, miracle there, healing there. Come on, it's an interesting book. God wants to lead you through it. But whatever you go through, I want to tell you today, there's purpose, there is a call. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Isn't that amazing? Everything. Not nearly everything. Everything. And we had to pro proclaim it for our life. The last five years. Do I understand everything? Not yet. But I will. Everything works for good. And, 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 and because we went through all the stuff, I feel there's something God has done in our life. He has prepared us. Like James 1 is saying that we consider it for poor joy if you have problems, troubles in your life. Because God is working something great in your life. Then Mary comes to Jesus. Here's my second point. I always have five points, you know, because in our church, I have a microphone in my hand as well. So there's only five fingers left. So I have five points. So Mary comes to Jesus and she, and she said, if you had been here, it would not have been happened. You know, we like to ask the question, who's guilty? And Mary said, Jesus, you are guilty. Come on. Many times, how many times in your life, something has happened and you think, who is guilty? Oh, my wife has a depression. What have we done wrong? We have a financial situation in the church. What have we done wrong? And I want to tell you, even as a church, you have done nothing wrong. Maybe you wanted to see much more. You wanted to be like two steps ahead already and you think, what have we done wrong? You have done nothing wrong. Jesus has not come to ask the question who is guilty, but Jesus has come to take the guilt away. And we many times, we always think, who is guilty? We have problems in our life. We have a financial situation. We have sickness or whatever. And we ask the question, maybe I've done something wrong. Jesus, what have I done wrong? Who is guilty? What? Jesus said it to me when, when, we, when I told the story about our church and people would ask me about our church. I would always say, it's amazing and, and the church has grown, but I would do things differently today. I took the blame, you see. I said, I would do things differently today. So, Jürgen, you have done something wrong, I was telling people. And Jesus said, don't say it anymore, Jürgen. Don't say it. You're taking guilt. I'm leading you through it so you can grow up and breakthrough will come. So I want to tell you today, even as church in your personal life, even you're battling right now with stuff in your life. Come on, Jesus has not come that you can ask who is guilty, but Jesus has come to take the guilt away to make you free of it. And we many times, even in church, we, we like to ask the question of guilt. People are sick. Oh, have you thought about that? Come on. Leaves the stuff away. This is not the game Jesus is playing. Jesus has come to lift the burden of us and not to put burdens on us. So it's not the question of guilt. In John 9, we read, Now as Jesus 
passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples, his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who has sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. Come on. It's not about guilt in your life. It's about that God's power, God's glory may be revealed. I feel prophetically, I, I feel, I feel for, I feel tonight, I feel as a prophetic word for the church. Come on. This is, is, this is a very important point for you as church. You have done nothing wrong. It's God's power will be revealed. God is working something in you. God is building something. God is building strengths. God is building muscles. But God will use it to break through because his plan are good plans and the plans for this church are awesome. Amen? Then Jesus said, my third point, take away the stone. If Jesus can resurrect someone from the dead, why can't he take away the stone? I, if, if I had to choose, I would take away the stone and let someone else do the miracle with, you know. With. But Jesus said, take away the stone. I, if I would have been Jesus, I would probably do this, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> Here's my question. What do do you have to roll away in your life so that Jesus can do a miracle? You know, Jesus wanted to see the faith of the people. He said, come on, respond. Do you believe I can do a miracle? And, and Jesus, many times in our life, he comes and we have to roll away things in our life. I had to roll away this, um, this guilt in my life. I had to say, no, Jesus, I'm not guilty. It's, it's for, for your glory. And when, then, when we prayed as church and as eldership, God could do a miracle because we said, come on, it's for the glory of God. And, and, and wherever I go, I tell people the testament for the glory of God. It's, it's to his glory. It's not because of us. It's, us, it's because of his glory. What could be your stone? Stones of disappointment. Stones of bitterness. Stones of unforgiveness. You have stones of pride. Broken relationships. You know, I think what God many times wants to see in us is that we say, okay, Jesus, I give you permission. The stone of permission. I had to give God permission. But when we moved to Berlin and planted the church, I knew everything. I know what to do. We come. Equipus is coming. Come on, we take it. But then Jesus said, okay, now we're starting, Jürgen. I had to give Jesus permission. No finance, but still I'm praising God. We're fighting with sickness. Come on, I give you permission. Still, God, do the miracle. We go through problems in our lives. We don't understand everything. But God, I still give you permission. Maybe, I don't know what's happening in your life. I don't know what you are battling with. 
but come on, give God permission. Say, God, these things in my life, I need to, I need to push them aside so you can break through. You know, I believe God wants to do so much more in our lives, but he's waiting for us. He's waiting for us. He's not pushing us. He's not like overtaking. He's just waiting for us. Come on, take away the stone. What is the stone in your life right now? Probably you know it. We know what the stone is, right? We know many times what it is. And God wants permission. <laughs> Miriam and I, we got a great word from Pastor Bruce. Um, when we were in the middle of all our um, troubles and hardships and everything, and he gave us a word from Psalm 85. And this has become a strong word for us. It says, blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on a pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Barca, through problems, through all this, they make it a spring. The rain also covered it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. It actually says that what has been thought of to be a problem in your life, you turn it around and which looked like desert, it becomes a spring. And for you as church, what looks like this is a problem or this is a challenge, this will become the spring. For us, it was in the beginning, it was financial pressure and, and it was amazing pressure. I can't tell you how, how difficult it was. It was so difficult that we had no money to buy food. Actually, the fridge one day was empty, totally empty. And the only thing I didn't do, the only thing Miriam could do was pray. And someone knocked on the door and brought, and brought um, food to us. No one knew it. Amazing. And, and so we went through, as, as church, we went through all the years now. And, and now, you see, in the beginning was having faith for 100 euro, 1,000 euro. And, and, and last month, it was 35,000 euro. You see, what the enemy thought is, Baca is desert. God turns it around and it makes it our strengths. And we believe God wants to entrust us a lot of wealth. God wants to entrust us a lot of money because we want to plant churches in Germany, in Europe. Come on then. And what looks like in your life, it looks like desert. It looks like Barca. It looks like God wants to turn it around. And even you as a church, God wants to turn it around. And God's plan is good. God has a plan of deliverance. God has a plan of breakthrough. And God's plans are awesome. Jesus then, they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. In Mark eleven twenty four, 24, it says, Therefore I say to you, whatever thing you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Yes. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Is that amazing? And Jesus said, I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I say this, that they may believe that you have sent me. Now when he said the things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Here's the thing. When we have faith, we begin to think what we haven't seen. 
Jesus had and just come from Shaodan. The whole theme was prophetic. And, and Jesus had this prophetic vision. He saw Lazarus already alive. He, he knew it before he came to the scene. He said, come on, this is not for, this is not for um, evil. This is, he will break through, he will live. He, he had this picture. But it's not enough to have the picture because many Christians have the picture from God. But when you have the picture, the vision, the prophetic side, you begin to thank God for it. You begin to thank God for breakthrough. And Jesus said, thank you, God, you hear me. Thank you, Father, you hear me. So why don't we say thank you, God, for amazing things in our life? Thank you, God, for revival in this church. Amen? Thank you, God, for providing everything I need. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in my life. Thank you, God, for breakthrough. Thank you, God, for salvation in my family. Thank you, God, for doing this. Come on, let's thank God for what he will do. And after that, there comes action. Jesus not only thanks God, he said, come on, Lazarus. Come forth. It's not only believing. It's not only thinking. It's actually doing a step. It's like Peter, when he was in the boat, Jesus says, come on, Peter, come on, step out. He could say, yes, yes, thank you, God, that I can go on the water, fantastic. No, he had to step out. He had to do something. And God wants us to step out. He wants us to call out. He wants us to do the first step. He wants us to go and believe that God will do it. Here's my last point. I'm always a short preacher, you know. Was it short? Yeah, it was short. (laughs) Jesus says, Lazarus come forth. And Lazarus came out. It says he was bound on his legs, on his hands, and something on his head. I don't know. Imagine how he came out. When you're bound on your legs and hands, he, he came out like this, like a little rabbit, and it came out. And You know, many Christians are like this. They're saying, I'm free. I'm alive. I'm alive. Yes, right? It's, 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 like, it's like the people um, of Israel, when, the, when, when God called them out of Egypt, they called them out of Egypt, and they came into the desert, and they were free from the old lives. They were free from the dominion of Pharaoh. They came and they were free. The Bible says the water was there. The water of baptism was there. And they were separated from the old. They were actually could say, yes, we are. We are free from Pharaoh. But they still haven't been in the promised land. There's a process. No, it's, it, it's, it's our salvation. God is calling us out. He's calling us into a new life. And, and, and He gives us new life. We, 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 we are born again. Like Lazarus, He was, yes, I'm alive. And many Christians still run around, I'm alive, I'm alive. But you're not in the promised land. Because the promised land is when Jesus said, lose Him. Free. Come on, I'm free. Jesus has not just called us 
to come out of Egypt. He's not called us to camp in the desert. But Jesus has called us to go into the promised land. Jesus has not just called us to give us eternal life and to say, oh, thank you, God, for eternal life. No, Jesus has called us to live free, to live free. And, and I like this story from Lazarus because many times I think, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm brought up in a Christian family. My father was a pastor. I know the sufferings of Joachim, having a pastor as a dad. He's nearly 16. As I know, he has not a girlfriend, so if you want to speak to him afterwards. Uh, I, I know I'm, I, I grew up in a Christian family. But you know, sometimes I felt I'm not free. I want to be free. I, I do not just want to be saved and know, okay, I have eternal life. But I want to know, come on, I'm free. I'm into my promise. And tonight I want to tell you there's a promise. It doesn't matter what you go through right now. Maybe you have experience. You know, it's like shout and we have a lot of inspiration in, in our life. And we, we pumped up and we, we you experience amazing things. And then we come back to Wellington. Yeah. I, I sometimes have to be careful not to open my email. Or if I open my email, to pray before I open my email. Because you can hear prophecy. You can have an amazing meeting. And you come home. You open your email. Problems. Financial struggle. Things. That. And God challenged us. We, we lost recently someone in our church. Or it's actually the husband of someone from our church. And he died with cancer. And then we had the trouble with the money and everything. And... And I felt really, whew. but God said, come on, there's a promise. Prophesy, speak it. It's not. When Jesus heard that, he said, this is not unto death, but for the glory of God. I want to tell you tonight, whatever you go through, it doesn't matter what it is. If you want to, it's for the glory of God. You can turn it around to the best miracle. In the book God has written, in the last page it says, another miracle, another breakthrough. Come on, why don't we allow God tonight to touch our lives and say, God, here I am and I proclaim another miracle for my life. If God can do it in my life, I tell you, He can do it in your life. If God can rescue us from 35,000 euro, whatever you need, God can do it. Come on. If God can help a German, He surely can help someone from New Zealand. Come on, let's believe. Let's believe, God. Why don't we stand? Lifting our hands. If you want to, lifting our hands. Let's just proclaim tonight. Maybe you just begin to prophesy, to proclaim, Lord Jesus, I'm saying, whatever you go through, just say it. This is not to death, 
This is not, but it's for your glory in the name of Jesus. We proclaim it over this church. Every obstacle, every situation, every wilderness, every desert experience, it's not unto death, but it's for the glory of God, for breakthrough in the name of Jesus, for life in the name of Jesus. We thank you for that. Come on, proclaim it over your life. Proclaim it over your situation. Proclaim it over your financial burden. Proclaim it over your family. Proclaim it in the name of Jesus. 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 Maybe you're here tonight. You know, someone said our relationship with God is sometimes like driving a car. You know, we have Jesus, some of us have Jesus in the boot of our car. Whenever we have a problem, we get him out. Jesus solved my problem. And when it's solved, we put him back. Some of us have Jesus on the back seat of our car. He's part of our life, as so many other things. For some of us, Jesus is on the passenger seat. And we're proud, we proud of him but we're still steering the car but you know giving our lives to Jesus means Jesus I will follow you and you take over you have the best plans for my life with every eye closed I, I just want to ask how many people are here tonight who are saying Jesus I feel this is a challenge of my life to give you control when Jesus said, follow me, he said, come on, follow me. I'm, you follow me, I will leading you. And Jesus, Jesus is asking you tonight, do you want to follow me? I will not embarrass you. You don't have to come to the front or anything. I just want to know how many people think, Pastor Jürgen, that's me. I, I feel like surrendering my life to, to Jesus. I want to give him the driver's seat of my car. I want to surrender in a new way. I have to tell him, if, if it's you tonight, would you, would you please lift your hand? As I said, I will not embarrass you. I just want to know how many people are here saying, this is me. I thank you for your hand. Thank you. See this hand. Thank you. And this is an important decision to give our life and surrender. I will ask Pastor Jordan in a moment just to pray a prayer of salvation. This is the most important decision in our life give Jesus control let me just pray we will pray for this salvation prayer but I just feel like praying for this church before I sit down Jesus, Jesus I thank you for what you're doing here and I believe we believe God that whatever you're doing, it's for your glory. And I proclaim it over this church in the name of Jesus. And I feel in a prophetic sense, Jordan and Chrissy, I, I, see, I see that you wanted to see so much more. There's like, there's like, oh God, why is this not happening? But it's, it's not your fault. It's God. God is on his, God is doing something. And, and this is like this page this page is turning over and it, it, it's, 
It's something happening, even with a new venue and things. God is happening. And God is writing a new story. God is writing something new. And, and there's, I, I feel prophetically there's, there's, there's a push from God. It's like something has stopped, but, but, but God's push is there, and God will break through. And I want to bless you in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for breakthrough. We thank you for what you're doing. And we thank you for every hand raised tonight because we know this is the most important decision of our life.